Welcome to So Says Rick. Mostly True Stories by Rick Hall. And welcome to episode 11 of So Says Rick. Yes, we've been doing this for 22 weeks now, since we do it every other week. Every other week. I can do math. That's pretty good. I'm going to have to get out my calculator. (laughs) Hey, we're going to do something a little different this episode. I'm going to play you a couple stories from my CD, Slice of Pie. We recorded it at my church, our church, in Van Nuys, California. Our friend Phil Swan produced it and did the music for it. And we did it in front of a live audience. What's different about this story is that it's not first-person narrative. Right. Like all the other ones that you've been hearing on So Says Rick, where he's speaking from his own perspective and telling loosely-based true stories. This my, is, my version of the truth, so I think it's completely true, but go on. There you go. These are fictional stories, and the main character in this is one of my favorite characters of Rick's, Carter. He's yeah. a sweet guy. Do you wish you were married to Carter instead of me, honey? No. No. <laughs> Sometimes, maybe. <laughs> Hey, we ended up making a movie out of the story, Slice of Pie. And what was the movie called? Slice of Pie. I know. Isn't that crazy? I know. I really dug deep for that. So um, here it is. This is our first story. And like I said, not true, although it's based on real people and real things people said back in Carrollton. So here it is, recorded in front of a live audience, Slice of Pie, Chapter 1. Slice of pie. When pie is good, life is good, Carter said as Juanita set the lemon meringue in front of him. Well, well, you've been taking a philosophy class at Lincoln Land Community College? Carter suddenly felt less philosophical. You ready for the check? No, I may have seconds. Take a heater from a coffee, though. Suit yourself, she said, as she turned to greet another regular coming in the door. Sit anywhere, James. I'll be right with you. You look muy bonita, Juanita, James said in a fake Spanish accent. Juanita smiled at the compliment and handed James a menu. Gracias, senorita. You're welcome, you goofball. Carter was embarrassed for James. All the single guys in town had their eye on Juanita, but speaking with a bad Spanish accent made James look desperate. Within minutes, James had completely occupied Juanita, and Carter felt ignored. It irritated him so much he could barely eat his pie. Uh, Juanita, how about a heater of my coffee, por favor? As soon as Carter said it, he wished it back. He sounded like a bigger idiot than James. Keep your shirt on, Pancho. I'm taking an order. Juanita turned back to James. Dang it! Carter thought everything was going well until James came in and started flirting. James Reno really put a kink in Carter's plan. See, Carter wanted to ask Juanita to the ham and bean dinner at church tomorrow night. 
He'd eaten lunch at the diner all week and had still not gotten up the nerve to ask. This date had cost him a bundle and he hadn't even asked her out yet. But today he promised himself he would pop the question as soon as she plunked down the check. Juanita strolled over with a coffee pot. I'm giving you decaf. You've had enough caffeine, senor. Carter heard James snicker from the counter, but he mustered up a smile. Well, thanks. Here's a check. Just pay me when you're ready. As she walked away, Carter wanted to kick himself. He got so distracted while all the James stuff that he messed up his own plan. She plunked, but he hadn't popped. Carter nursed his decaf pretending to read the paper for another ten minutes. He thought he might wait out James, but that guy was in no hurry. He was talking with Juanita every free moment she had. Carter had to get back to work, so he stood up and started digging in his pockets for money. Now, the check was six fifty. How much do you tip a gal you want to date? <laughs> tip too little, you're cheap. Tip too much, and she's cheap. <laughs> Juanita noticed Carter fiddling with his money and came over. He handed her a $10 bill. Well, keep the change. You win the lotto or something? This is the fourth time this week you give me a big old tip. You come in tomorrow, I'll have enough to buy a new set of tires for my Impala. <laughs> Carter was embarrassed. Before he could reply, old nosy pants James turned around on his stool and piped up. Old money bags won't be in tomorrow night. We got a ham and bean dinner at the church. It's a benefit for the Skinner family. Their house caught on fire. Hey, you gonna go, Juanita La Bonita? No, I was gonna order Domino's and watch a movie. What? What? One of the prettiest girls in town, home alone, on a Friday night? There is something wrong with that picture. Okay, this whole conversation was happening in slow motion for Carter because his mind was going a hundred miles an hour. He was 38 years old and had spent his whole life being too shy to ask for what he wanted. He was the kind of guy who always got the last popsicle in the box. And now he was watching James Reno, the used car dealer of dating, ask out the girl of his dreams. He headed for the door. Oh, hush up, you flirt, Juanita said to James. Goodbye, Carter. Carter stopped with his hand on the door. Without turning around, he blurted out, You want to go to the ham bean dinner tomorrow night? You talking to me or Juanita? <laughs> Carter whipped around in time to see Juanita whack James hard enough to knock off his seed corn hat. What time you want to pick me up? Well, six or so. I'll be ready by six or so. Okay, then. Bye, Juanita. Adios, James. <laughs> Carter walked back to his truck, wondering if Rimby's Floors was open past five o'clock so he could order a corsage after work. In the diner, James used a damp napkin to clean the spaghetti sauce off his seed corn hat. Juanita smiled, wiped off Carter's table. By listening to that again, it just reminds me of how much the script ended up really following the original story. Well, I wrote the screenplay and the script, so of course I'm not going to recreate what is already well done. All the, right, all your brilliant dialogue. <laughs> exactly. Why would you exactly. rewrite it? So Laura mentioned that we made the Slice of Pie stories, the five chapters, into a movie. And here's how it happened. After the recording, the live recording, 
A friend of mine was in the audience who's a director, Tim Reischauer, and he said, Rick, we have to make that slice of pie story into a movie. We're going to go to your farm in six months and shoot it. And I thought he was joking, but six months later, we were in Carrollton and Jerseyville shooting on location. And what was funny was when I wrote it, I changed the names of the locations to fictional names. Mm -hmm. And then people in the town were like, wait, you're going to change the name of our restaurant to something goofy? Call it the Wagon Wheel. So when I asked Billy Joe and Pat Parker if we could use the Wagon Wheel, the big process for uh, renting the place and getting everything, you know, the contract and everything was he handed me the keys and he said, well, lock up when you're done. (laughs) (laughs) We had we met some new actors like we you had some auditions out of St. Louis. And that was really cool. And then our old friend Tim Grimm came uh, from Indiana and he played James. And then Kelly McLeod was Juanita. So Kelly had been going to our church. We knew her from choir. Right. And um, and we'd always, there'd always been a connection. I always loved singing with her at church and stuff. Right. And then one day she was going into choir and I said something to her and she hit me and she said, oh, you big dummy. And I said to Laura, I turned to you. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. I said, Laura, that's Juanita. And Laura said, yeah. So we had Kelly read it Uh, at a table read, just read the part. She's never acted before. And she was such a natural that we had her do the part of Juanita in the movie. And then Laura and her started the band, The Sweet Potatoes, together. Right. Because the one uh, they were, you know, Rick and Kelly were hanging out on the set a lot. They ended up talking about music. And Rick was like, you guys should try playing together. And it turned into The Sweet Potatoes. That's right. And eventually they let me be in the band, too. Okay, I think it's time for Chapter 2, Laura. Yes. So here's Slice of Pie, Chapter 2. Chapter 2. When Carter got back to the grain elevator, all the guys were in the office drinking coffee. It was unusual for things to be this slow in the fall. Normally by mid-October, the grain trucks were lined up on the street waiting to dump truckloads of corn. But it had been a wet spring, so corn went in late, which makes for a late harvest. Behind the desk, his boss, Mr. Rudolph, was finishing up a call. Okay, Tom, I'll send somebody by to pick it up after work. You just take her easy, okay? Yeah. He hung up the phone and turned to the boys. Hate to break up this coffee clutch, but would you girls put down your lattes and get back to work? (laughs) The guys headed out the door, coffee mugs in hand. Mr. Rudolph knew they would continue the coffee break out by the mill, but at least they wouldn't be directly in his line of sight. He could forgive a little laziness right now, because in a couple weeks, everyone would be working day and night to get the corn out of the farm trucks, into the grain bins, and onto the rail cars. Hey, Carter, can you uh, leave early today and run over to Greenfield? I ordered a new bearing for that unloading auger in the dump pit. We need to get, get it back together before corn starts coming in. Perfect, thought Carter. He had a reason to leave work before Rimby's florist closed. See, Rimby's was on the way out of town, so he could stop, order a corsage for his big date, and then jump back on the hard road to Greenfield. Carter spent the rest of the afternoon pulling the auger apart to get the old bearing off. He got kind of caught up in his work until he looked at his watch. It was 4.40. He dropped his tools where they were and headed to the florist. When Carter pulled up in front of Rimby's Floral Creations, Heather Rimby was just putting up the clothes sign. Hang on, hang on, he said as he jumped out of his truck and trotted to the door. We're closed, Mr. Long, Heather said. Well, heck, can't you stay open for five more minutes? Sorry, said Heather as she locked the door. You can come back tomorrow. 
Carter looked at his watch. Wait a minute. What time do you close? From the other side of the glass door, Heather held up one open hand. Five? Heather, it's a quarter till. Heather just stood there. Carter pulled out the big guns. Heather, I need to call your folks and ask them what time you close. <laughs> Heather gave Carter a look that made him glad that he didn't have an 18-year-old daughter. Then she begrudgingly unlocked the door and walked to the counter. When she turned around, Carter noticed she had a pierced cheek. Say, that, uh, that rivet in your cheek's a new one, Heather. <laughs> Looks pretty good. The interest in her body ornamentation softened Heather a little bit. Now I have three, nose, cheek, and tongue. And with that, she opened her mouth wide and displayed what appeared to Carter to be a quarter-inch bolt through her tongue. <laughs> Carter tried to buoy the conversation along to get her in a better mood because he wanted some help picking out a corsage. Yeah, I was using a high-speed grinder one day at work and got a bunch of metal shavings in my cheek. I would have left them there if I'd known it was going to be so trendy. <laughs> Immediately, he got the look again. <laughs> Heather said, that's different. What do you need today, Mr. Long? We're closing soon. Well, I need a corsage. Heather gave him a different yet equally terrifying old people are all idiots look. <laughs> For prom or homecoming? <laughs> well, neither. Wedding? No. Funeral? No, no. Don't tell me this is for a date. Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Heather just looked at Carter for a few seconds. Then she said in a softer, more human tone, Are you taking someone to the ham and bean dinner tomorrow night? <laughs> yeah. Who? Well, what's it matter who? Well, if it's your grandma, you can give her a corsage. But if it's a date, a corsage is way too formal. Carter dodged the question. It's a special occasion. Birthday? No. Anniversary? No. Heather, obviously tired of this game, just stared at him until he blurted out, I'm taking one eat a stride to the ham and bean dinner, and it's a, it's a first date. Heather smiled so hard, the metal in her cheek stuck straight out. <laughs> you and Juanita on a date. Wow, that is cool. That is very cool. But you'll definitely creep her out if you show up with a corsage. She'll think you expect something. The blood left Carter's face. <laughs> well, I, I certainly don't expect nothing, no. Well, then pick a handful of flowers from your mom's front yard. It's sweet, but not creepy. <laughs> Carter walked back to his truck, feeling relieved, knowing he had averted a fatal date mistake, and slightly amazed that he'd just got relationship advice from an 18-year-old with metal in her face. <laughs> Wow, it is such a trip down memory lane to hear these stories again. Hey, by the way, I said we use the real names of the businesses in Carrollton. Well, Rimby's Florist is what it was called when I was growing up there, and we left it as Rimby's Florist, but it was really the flour mill, and Kathy Stump let us use the flour mill. And here's an interesting thing. We cast Elizabeth Grace as Heather, we went down to St. Louis and auditioned people, and we didn't find our Heather. 
And Tim and I were getting ready to leave, and we stopped at a coffee shop and got a little something, and we were in line, and we saw her, and I said, she's perfect. I wonder if she would do it. And so I walked up to her, and I said, hi, we're from Los Angeles, and we're producing a movie. And <laughs> Not too creepy. No, uh, no, no. It's yeah. amazing she didn't call security. Right, right. We should have big cigars. Hi, we're from Los Angeles. We're making a movie. We'd like you to be in it. But Gonna make you a star, a Big kid. star. But the thing is, we she ended up sending us an audition. She videotaped an audition, and Tim and I watched her audition and went, she's Heather. So she ended up playing Heather and was in our movie and did great. And now she's got her own production company in Arizona. Oh, fantastic. I know. Is the metal in her face real or was it fake? All fake. All, All fake. fake. Excellent. There is one line that is changed in the movie. Tom Reader, our friend who's a writer. He made the suggestion. Yes. That's right. That's he made right. a suggestion. About the body ornamentation. So instead of just having three, she had four. And then she she told me where two of them were. And then I said, well, that's not all of them. And she said, do you want to see the other two? And I said, no. Our Carter <laughs> said no. So thank you, Tom Reader. I owe you a royalty, I'm sure. <laughs> so that was the first two chapters of Slice of Pie. And then next week, we'll do the next one, right? And I hope people are so drawn into the story that they definitely want to hear the next chapter. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>